0: Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to WNHH's C-Click Fix Radio. I'm Paul Bass, welcoming you to another of our weekly looks at what's happening at the grassroots, underneath the mass media radar, in our own community, as well as in cities across the country through the lens of the C-Click Fix problem-solving website. Joining me as always are C-Click Fix's Caroline Smith with the latest Citizens Power News, and in the studio, we're pleased to have... One of New Haven's great public servants, New Haven's Parks and Rec Director Amy Poe. Oops, sorry, mistake. I mean Rebecca Bombero. Becky, thanks so much for coming in. No problem. And direct from St. Petersburg, Florida, we'll be speaking with David Flintum, director of that city's that city's Mayor's Action Center. David, welcome <laughs> to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: Did I say the last name right, David Flintum?
1: Yes, that's correct. David Flintum. Oh,
0: Great. And Bill Paying aside here, Yale New Haven Hospital provided financial support for today's program. Now on to seeing, clicking, and fixing. Welcome, everyone. And what brought us together today, Caroline?
2: Awesome. So we had an illegal dumping issue reported on April 1st. Uh, it has been acknowledged, and it was reported on Long Wharf Drive by an anonymous CicloFix user. Uh, it, thus far, it's been viewed 101 times. 101 times? 101, That's a lot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in just a few days. And this description's lengthy. Um, I walk the Long Wharf Promenade Nature Preserve almost every single day. The litter is out of control. I was curious if anyone from the city or the land trust is responsible for cleaning. I really think the city needs to provide more trash receptacles, although I, I really don't think that will help. Police need to monitor for littering finesse when they can. Finesse? Can, finesse, or or fines. There we go. Four. Fines, okay. <laughs> Gave it a little, like, made it a little fancier. Um, can the food trucks be held responsible for cleaning up the mess that blows into the land areas around the sound from their customers? It is disgusting and an eyesore. It starts around Lenny and Joe's and goes all the way around the Veterans Memorial. You cannot see it from the road as most of it gets trapped on in the rock ledge and seagrass.
0: <laughs> you. I love with this unnamed you, who is the evil person who is not taking this seriously. <laughs> Uh, and you're feeling this one, Caroline.
2: Yeah, no, and it, and it, and it goes I on. I feel the
0: pain. You're feeling the pain. I want to hear <laughs> more of this. Empathizing. Uh,
2: empty booze bottles, broken glass, dirty diapers, makeshift homeless. Wow. People sleeping around uh, in areas in seagrass, out of the crushed cardboard, oodles of paper plates, styrofoam to go. Oh my God, containers. this sounds
0: like a horror movie.
2: <sighs> Keeps going from the. Taco it sounds trucks. like
0: there's no harbor anymore. There's no grass. There's no veteran bonds. All this is, this is mountains right. of detritus.
2: Um, uh, and, it, and it goes on a bit more, and it, they attach uh, several several pictures to not only the issue itself, but also in the comments of, of said debris and, and trash around. Um, and uh, it looks like another citizen hops on, uh, Mafuz Wish very much it was otherwise, but most of New Haven suffers from the same problem. It's citizens throwing garbage on the streets and in the parks, as well as dumping old furniture and mattresses on city streets in the middle of the night. I'm not hopeful that this city will ever get a handle on the huge Whoa, We got some
0: pessimism happening here in our beautiful city. I see the sun out. I had a nice walk coming in on Edgewood Avenue.
2: But there is a bright spot because uh, a certain Becky Bombero hops on to comment as well. And in fact, I think maybe we should just hear it from this horse's mouth. Becky, do you want to read the comment that you posted?
3: Sure. Uh, Comment was. Thanks for reporting. We do have staff assigned to poke the trash there daily, but as you stated, the amount of litter is out of control and it's difficult to keep up with our limited resources. We're working with other departments in the city on a multi-pronged approach. Education, especially for kids, reinforcing anti-littering messages. Infrastructure, we are currently researching and investigating alternate trash receptacles that will help to encourage proper disposal, but also be immune from the effects of the wind there and enforcement, especially as it relates to the trash from food truck vendors. A number of citizen groups also help us with cleanups at this site. If you're interested, I can connect you.
0: Well, now, did we hear back, Caroline, from that post or Anybody else after Becky?
2: Looks like it. So a neighbor um, hops on and says, Rebecca Bombero, I'm impressed. Thank you for your well-thought-out response, and I trust you for the follow-through.
0: Let's talk about that follow-through. So, Peggy Bomber, you're in charge of Parks and Recreation. You are not Amy Poehler. I'm sorry about that mistake on the <laughs> way in. She's got nothing on you. Um, so, Long Wharf Park. It's a much-used park. It's a real beautiful part of the city. City officials are in the process of getting state money to plan the future of that park. So, this person's question is in keeping with a matter that's on your folks' agenda. There was a lot in that question. Like, you can't really hold food trucks responsible for what people do with the trash, Correct.
3: So it was a very complex question, and those are usually the ones I end up responding to because it's not a simple cyclic fix issue where somebody reports a problem
0: and you go and you... Like there's a mattress at this spot, we got a cart away, the grass wasn't cut at this park, we're just going to cut it.
3: Right. Um, So this question actually underscored a problem citywide, and that's in terms of litter. And it's really no one thing is going to fix this uh, we don't have the resources to pick up every gum wrapper, cigarette bud, and you know piece of trash that people throw out. Really, don't. Um, we're down to about fifty-three full-time employees in the Parks Rec and Trees department. Um, down from. Sorry about, about forgetting the trees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> down from about. Is another
0: one too, like Public Squares or something?
3: Uh, parks and Squares is the deputy title uh, for our maintenance division. So um, the
0: deputy is the deputy of a department that has a different name.
3: Uh the department oversees uh, five different divisions. Okay. So. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I got threw you off track here. Okay. Um, so you got fifty three people total. Is that not just for picking up trash, but for doing for all recreation the
3: and the trees and all of that fun stuff? Um, but that's down from about a hundred and three just um, in two thousand and three. Is that your
0: total, including you, or fifty three includes you, or fifty
3: three includes me? That's the number of full time employees. We also get seasonals um, and part timers um, um, during the summer, especially. But and that
0: was down from what
3: 103 in in 2003 so wow. we just you know we're stretched thin and behaviors are a problem not just in new haven but this is a national trend um and we're trying to modify those behaviors so that's How? um so there is a clean cities committee i think you spoke to the mayor a little bit about this right, earlier in the clean week Clean
0: city initiative is starting in new haven you've been training some kids to go around their neighbors last mm-hmm. summer and we, I went to a few of these in new hallville. We had someone there. I went to Worcester square. You had neighbors already on it saying we want to do cleanups Then public works and parks would come and say, here's some rakes, here's some bags, some vests. And you, and now it looks like you're trying to roll that out citywide. You're trying to get every neighborhood involved this year in that.
3: So, so key to this is citizen engagement and education. Mm-hmm. You really find with the kids that if they understand some of these problems better, they take more ownership um, this is probably the first generation that doesn't know the um, Woody the Owl campaign, uh, the anti-littering messages. Mm. I'm
0: ju- remembering the Native American with the tear going down his exactly. eye in the public service but, ad. Right. Yeah.
3: So, um,
0: I grew up with that one.
3: <laughs> I, I give uh, the Town Green District a lot of credit for highlighting that in our conversations. It's just anti-littering hasn't been part of the conversation, mm. and it's really infor- important to enforce and educate on that to mm-hmm. get people to take ownership um we see a lot of people getting on c click fix and reporting um some of these issues especially as they relate to graffiti and mm-hmm. littering and these are the ones that are hard to enforce you know unless you're there seeing it happen um it's hard to hold people accountable so i think citizen policing is an important part of this mm-hmm. um
0: and then i was wondering so you mentioned the town green so certain parts of town the property owners vote to give themselves an extra tax, and they hire people to pick up traps like downtown. Now that we have IKEA and Jordans down on Long Wharf, do you think there's a way we could form a special services district there? That I mean, I guess they might not see the park as part of their business because the highway divides it so much. I'm just wondering.
3: I think there's a lot of strategies to explore down in the Long Wharf area. Um, And if the businesses there see that that makes sense, that would be uh, one direction to take. Um, You're also seeing an uptick in enforcement as it relates to the food trucks. I know uh, the building official was out there with the health uh, inspector just this weekend trying to hold people. What kind
0: of enforcement would lead to less littering with food trucks?
3: Uh, Food trucks are responsible for providing their own trash receptacles.
0: Oh, and they haven't always Mm. done that.
3: It's part of their permit requirements. So you oh. know, uh, random inspections are an important part of making sure there's compliance with those rules and regulations.
0: Oh, that's a good one. So when I tell me now, I'm thinking the historical view, Becky Bombero. I'm remembering what your predecessors used to have to deal with in the Longworth Nature Preserve, which is that it was a very popular space for shooting up heroin at night and for um, sexual encounters. And it seems like some of that's been taken care of. This seems like now we're just dealing with diapers, right? Cigarette butts or not?
3: I would leave it to the police to comment on that because they are... You are- actually had
0: a... This guy, Michael Barker, who worked for the Parks Department in the 90s and he used to go out with their binoculars and cameras and trying to get... He had a special obsession with gay sex. He would like try to find people meeting <laughs> there and... And take pictures of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. It Mike, sounds like you're not doing that.
3: Mike was one of the last park security officers. Um, as I said, um, since 2000, there's been a lot of position eliminations with the de- within the department. So we no longer have park security. And uh, So there's
0: no more peeping composition in the department? <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. That was officially part of the job description. <laughs> oh, but
0: okay, go back and look at that. <laughs>
3: Police are responsible for the enforcement of all of the laws and rules within parks.
0: So and then, do you have a crew that goes to Long Wharf? ever to pick up?
3: Um, We have a crew um, that is assigned to that as part of their poking route. In addition, we have a trash, uh, which macaw, a cutting crew that cuts the grass there and they'll also clean up when they do that stop as well.
0: So you are trying to keep after it?
3: Uh, There are resources dedicated, but it's, you know, it's like throwing sand into the wind sometimes. Mm -hmm. How come? Um, Just because so
0: many people, does that make people do it? Like, I I don't know as much as I used to. I used to be amazing. I'm walking by a car Someone's jarring by and they just throw something out the window. I feel like stopping and asking, you know, why'd you do that? Do you think there's as much of that, Caroline, as when we were younger and Becky?
2: I think there's more. Really? How come?
3: Just watching people's behaviors. Mm. Um, you see you see it with the kids this summer. I think, Paul, you guys did a great article on the uh, new Hallville, dixwell um, clean teams, the kids yeah. that they employed. These kids haven't received that anti littering message, so they really don't understand why it's important not to litter and what resources are necessary to clean up after it. Um, litter has a negative impact on our spaces and mm. communities, and when there's no litter, you actually see changes in behaviors. So it's what do that change? Do
0: mean people respect each other and property more?
3: Exactly, the broken windows theory.
0: Right. So it sounds like you're on top of this and you're caring about this.
3: It's one of the things that keep city officials up at night. <laughs>
0: well, let me ask you about St. Petersburg, Florida, David Flintum. Yeah. Are you guys being kept up at night about people throwing stuff out the window and they're driving by or just walking away from food carts? Do you have the yeah, same litter, problem, Becky's litter is a,
1: We absolutely do. Litter is a constant problem here in St. Pete. I mean, we're you know we the sunshine city, so we have a lot of tourists and we have a lot of residents, and everybody sees it. It's one of those real visible issues um, so we, we constantly work with both our parks department uh, and our sanitation department, just depending on where the litter is. We also have a lot of waterfront, so once the litter hits the water, we have other people that have to, to get out in boats and clean it up. So it, it, it's an ongoing thing, but we, we try to strive for education first and, and advise people, you know, this is why we have receptacles in our parks and along our waterfront, so that's where that's where the litter needs to go. So, so we, you heard Becky Barbera say yeah. the
0: same thing you just said. The biggest exactly. nut is education, training people. So in New Haven, she mentioned something called clean teams. That's when neighborhoods, we have this democratic uh, budget making process where each neighbor gets 10,000 bucks do he spend it. And last summer, some of them spent it on hiring teenagers to be clean teams. She talked about right. just how do you get the word out and working with other kind of citizen groups and backing up with enforcement and doing what she can with a stretched budget. How have you specifically dealt with both education and keeping after the trash?
1: Uh, well, with respect to C-Click Fix issues and trash specifically, uh, we have tried a very grassroots approach where we uh, try word of mouth with neighborhood associations. We have some very active neighborhood associations throughout the city of St. Pete. So we go to them specifically when they have neighborhood meetings. We approach them. We hand out materials uh, about using C-Click Fix to, to report issues like litter. Uh, we also have a council of neighborhood associations, and that's the governing governing body for for all of them throughout the city, so we we approach them periodically and let them know the efforts that we're using to clean up issues like litter using tools like C Click Fix. So getting getting the word to the residents is, is key. What Letting
0: other tool? That, what other tool besides yeah. C Click Fix, which as in New Haven, is probably the most powerful citizen tool we have? In addition to C Click Fix, what are you doing to try to get the word out? And when you give them those flyers, do they put them in the trash can, or do you end up picking them up?
1: Um, no, we, we have a pretty successful rate of, of uh, acceptance for, for that type of information. You know, pe- People who are motivated residents who are very engaged, they like to hang on to information like that, pass it around. We have magnets that we give out that have city numbers and resources. So those end up on people's refrigerators as opposed to in the trash. So we think that we're, <laughs> we're doing a fairly good job. But what what is uh, the
0: I, message you give them besides go to c Fix Fixers and Littering. How do you get the message? Like Becky talked about in New Haven getting to teens, that they just didn't grow up seeing the commercial with the owl or the Native American crying at the trash the, on the side. Are you doing anything similar in St. Pete to reach younger people or others directly with a message in addition to asking citizens who are already motivated in coming to community meetings to post on C-Click Fix?
1: Yeah, most, most of our city departments have, uh, outreach, uh, staff who will approach schools or our, uh, parks recreation centers in the summertime when they have student groups. So we, dealing with litter is, is just one of the messages that we try to get out to, to our youth in our city, uh, letting them know that th- this is, it starts with them. Cleanup and, and responsibility of our town resp- starts with them. Uh, and then it affects everybody in the community. So anything that they can do to sort of uh, help their neighbors, help their the, their other residents throughout St. Pete is, is beneficial to all of us.
0: You're listening to C-Click Fix Radio on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio broadcast at 103.5 FM and live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. We're talking C-Click Fix News with Caroline Smith of C-Click Fix, New Haven's Parks and Recreation and Trees Chief Rebecca Bombero, and David Flintham, director of Saint Petersburg, Florida's Mayor's Action Center. Caroline, what other news stories do we have for our guests to chime in on?
2: Awesome. One more in New Haven, uh, a bright spot. A dog was found um, at seventy-three uh, Front Street. Uh, the reporter's F H H Amy Civic Points four hundred and ten viewed ninety-one times. A uh, very cute picture of a dog uh, is featured. Looks <laughs> kind like of the dog? like dog? Like Um, looks like not yet, but maybe further down in the comments description. Small dog followed me and my dog home from a walk on Front Street Park today, April 3rd at 2 p.m. I tried every way I could to make it stay, but it followed us home. If this is your dog, please contact me to oh. pick him up. If not your dog, but you have advice on how to handle this, please let me know. Seems well cared for, but has no collar or ID, mm. so maybe no name yet. Uh, a few comments: Guest uh, on the animal shelter can scan for a microchip and check their d- whoa, for a microchip and s- check their database for lost dog reports at a found dog report. They're open at ninety-five Monday through Sunday. Their number is da-da-da. Last resort is you can leave the dog there, but better for it if you have the capacity to foster. My experience with them a couple years ago was positive, but in that case, we wanted to keep the dog. If that's the case, you need to advertise the dog as found in the register for seven days. If nobody claims it, it's yours.
0: Put them in the independent, then we'll find them. (laughs) You have to go pay the register lots of money for that.
2: There we go. Uh, Good luck, and thanks for looking out for our furry friends.
0: So was there an ending? Was the dog found? Let's see.
2: Um, yes. So is the dog um, back in its home. Yeah. Owner found via New Haven animal shelter. Yeah. So what um, did they do? What did they do? Let's see. Like how it the looks, shelter find him? It looks, I'm not exactly sure. Let's see. I think they just took them, took that first person's advice. There's a few other comments here from like, what's the number? Like I have a work meeting from eight to one. So like, when can I go? Um, but it looks like they took it to the shelter, took the person's advice. Um, And, and then it was, and the odor was found. I'm curious how, and maybe Becky can answer this question. Becky was shaking
0: her head. She she knew what you were talking about. What's
3: this microchip in the dog?
2: Yeah, what's the microchip? So I recently adopted a dog from the New
3: Haven Animal, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I recently adopted a dog from the New Haven Animal Shelter and my dog is microchipped. So they have a reader there. And if your dog gets lost, you know, sometimes the collar comes off and that's where the tags are. The microchip, you register and you have your information linked to the dog. Becky, you're freaking
0: me out a little bit. Where does this microchip go?
3: It's underneath their skin, uh, right in the tough of their neck.
0: So we're implanting a microchip. Because you know we're next. Google's <laughs> getting close with these cell phones. They want to know what ice cream we're going to go to before we go for the ice cream and steer us there so they can make the money on the ads. I mean,
3: So the animal shelter has a microchip reader and they can scan the dog. And if the individual has the dog microchipped and registered, then all of the information comes up with, you know, out having the tags.
0: Now, do wow. most people in New Haven bring their dogs to get microchipped?
3: My dog came with a microchip. <laughs> um, I know a, a lot of other friends have their dogs microchipped.
0: Wow. And did the dog mind when you put it under the neck?
3: Um, he was rescued that way, so.
0: Oh, he was rescued with the microchip in him. So they knew who the previous owner was. And the previous owners didn't want him anymore? Oh, Becky, this sounds like a sad story. <laughs> Give me the whole deal here. When was this?
3: Um, I guess my dog had been at the shelter for about six months. Hmm.
0: And why didn't they had the microchip, so they knew who the owner was? Why didn't the owner come get it?
3: Uh, the uh, not much backstory was given to me.
2: What but, made you feel immediate connection to the dog? Oh, he's a sweetheart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of dog? Uh,
2: he's a pit terrier mix. Ooh.
0: A pit, and what's the name? Parker. Parker. Now, is that the name you gave, or did the microchip tell you the name?
3: <laughs> That's the name I gave.
0: Now, does your microchip now have Parker's name on? So, if Parker's yes. found, what if you he heard the name was like Xerxes? Would you have kept Xerxes, or would you have named him Parker? <laughs>
3: He came with the name Justin Bieber.
0: Justin Bieber. Oh my God. So he had a name change. Jay Biebs. Oh my goodness. Now you're not a Justin Bieber fan?
3: And Not quite in that generation.
0: So what, what, what about Bar- Parker? How did you get the Parker name?
3: Uh, one Parks of the, and Rec. It yeah. was one of the suggestions from a uh, family member and it stuck.
0: So it had nothing to do with Parks and Rec. Because that would have made a better story. <laughs> well, what about the parks in, in St. Petersburg, Florida and the dogs? Are you microchipping dogs down there? David?
1: Uh, It is a pretty common practice. I know a lot of local veterinarians and all the animal shelters recommend that you have your pet's microchip just in case they get out, in case they get lost. Yeah, it's pretty common.
0: And do you have a lot of lost dogs on C-Click Fix? Is this something that's on your radar as a city official? Uh,
1: Interestingly enough, we don't, uh, only because uh, the city of St. Petersburg doesn't have its own standalone animal control or animal services department. Now, our county, Pinellas County, does. So when we get posts like that uh, relating to pets or animals in general on C-Click Fix, we tend to refer those to Pinellas County because they have animal control and they have all of the shelters and the the staff that can handle with requests like that.
0: You know, I I was curious about your title, David, City's Mayor's Action Center. What is a Mayor's Action Center?
1: Yeah, that's what we call our customer service call center here at City Hall in St. Pete. We're the first line of contact for citizens who have requests for assistance with city services. So uh, it was a, a real natural fit for us to take over administration of C-Click Fix uh, a couple of years ago uh, because you know, when we get calls from citizens, we direct them to the appropriate departments, and now we get C-Click Fix posts. So we direct those requests out to the appropriate departments to fulfill the request.
0: Well, Caroline, you um, I noticed that you had a news story of St. Peace that even though they re- refer lost dogs to the county, you have an animal-related signage news item here. What was that all about?
2: Animal-related. We actually we skipped over the, that one, but uh, another one that is linked under there is also a semi-animal-related beehive. Beehive. There's a beehive issue. So
0: we're talking about B-52s or beehive beehives? <laughs> beehive beehives. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, let's see. Uh, reporter, whoa. Well, first of all, this reporter CSR2 has ten over 10,000 civic points, which is amazing. Wow. It's uh, like l- pinball
0: now. You're getting up to those scores. <laughs> uh,
2: so there's a picture of a huge beehive in a tree. Um, a beehive in the tree on the right of way is in front of this property. The beehive is lower than 14 feet. Please forward to, to parks. Um, and the mayor's action center hops on and says, thank you for reporting this issue to us via secret fix. Uh, St. Pete, we will forward the details you have provided to the appropriate city department. So they may investigate and take any necessary action. We appreciate your help. Sincerely mayor's action center.
1: So what did you, what
0: did you do with that, David?
1: Yeah. A little context behind this, the submitter of that issue was actually a city staff person. So they Mm -hmm. noticed Uh the beehive was in the city right of way. And so they submitted that issue via C-Click fix. So then it would come to the mayor's action center and we would get it out to the appropriate department. Um, With, in the situation with bees, you know, they're a a stinging insect, potentially dangerous. So, uh, if it, if they are living in the city right of way or on city property, our parks department will come out and remove them. And sometimes removal means extermination. So they'll be sprayed and killed. And obviously bees are kind of a hot button issue because people want to protect them. Yeah. Yeah, they're part, they're sort of an integral part of our environment. And so a lot of times if the bees are on City property or even private property, will work with the, the adjacent property owner and uh, introduce them to a licensed bee removal person who can come and take the hive or take the swarm uh, to a safer place. So we sort of have to balance our responsibility to our residents who might be allergic to bees and don't want to be stung, and also our responsibility to residents who want to protect the animals too. So, so it sounds like uh, you are so- taking
0: steps, Dave. It sounds like you do want to try to preserve these hives if possible. By bringing in a private contractor, if you can,
1: absolutely. I mean, it is. If, if someone has a, a private property with bees or some other stinging insect, uh, we will work with them and give them contact information to, for a removal company, uh, because we don't want to just go wipe them out. It's 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 more beneficial to have them have them around, but just in a safer place where they're not going to hurt anybody.
0: And how about on the public right of way? Do you call the companies too and pay them, or does your own crew take care of it?
1: It depends. It really depends on the size of the hive. Sometimes I know, for example, our water department, when they're out checking water meters, we have water meters on the ground. If they lift a lid and there's a hive of bees inside, they they do go out and typically spray because they don't want city staff to be hurt. But if it's up in the air, if it's something that's a little more accessible, uh, we will call a removal company and have them come in and see if they can uh, safely capture the hive.
0: And I guess, are we going to be eating honey in five years?
1: (laughs) That would be a, a, a nice side benefit, yeah. If we had, if we had enough bees, yeah, we could we could have the honey too.
0: Rebecca Bombero, in New Haven, in the Parks and Recreation and Trees, because I know beehives go in trees. Do you guys deal with this at all? Bees—is this a problem?
3: We do deal with stinging insects. We don't see a lot of bees, unfortunately. It's mostly hornets that we see, so it's more of a treating and extermination. Um, interesting how they flagged um, that they've worked with companies on maintaining the bees that's interesting to me we don't see a lot of them but that's a good approach
0: so we have hornets now you know, so you know how certain animals people like some and we hate others like hornets and wasps people just freak out right <laughs> bees like sometimes worry if we're allergic but sometimes we want that honey is this the bad rap or are hornets more dangerous for us and we need to get rid of them or is there a reason to be preserving their 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 hives the way that saint petersburg is preserving the beehives
2: i'm not quite sure it's definitely something to look into
0: Okay, what else we got, Caroline?
2: Well, one one note on hornets. They're apparently a subset of <clears throat> wasps, not native to North America. Oh. Um, the yellow jacket is apparently not truly a hornet. Somewhat fatter around the middle than your average wasp.
0: <laughs> but why do we hate, like we hate rats, right? Like I'm yeah. scared of rats. Love mice. Mice we sometimes eat, but sometimes we think they're cute, yes. right? We love dogs. Wolves make us a little scary, but they're kind of beautiful. And they, they did some of the science times about how we have these different reactions based on appearance. Like deer we think are Bambi, but they'll like run us over, right?
2: Yeah, and like badgers always, I feel like in fiction, are this sort of, uh, I don't know, like old, crotchety, like but semi-wise yeah. and like lovable, not yeah. quite evil.
0: So some but... of them had good press press agents.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: but thanks to people like David Flintham in St. Petersburg, we are looking out for the bees. So we are going to still have some honey.
2: Exactly. And we have right. another issue uh, that's also insect-related that I think is interesting, uh, a mosquito control issue. Mm. Uh, this is uh, at six thousand sixteenth 16th Lane, East uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, reporter is uh, Will B.D. Uh, viewed 25 times. Uh, neighborhood Shore Acres Civic Association. Description, mosquitoes are ferocious. Can you treat the St. <laughs> Pete uh, Northeast Wastewater Treatment Plant as well? That's the main problem. Thank you from Barbara
0: Will. So what's up with the mosquitoes down in St. Pete?
1: So yeah. Mosquitoes, a lot of times we say they're our state bird because there are so many of them, <laughs> and they really are a problem. Any standing water, and we have a lot of rain throughout the year in, in St. Pete and Florida in general, so mosquitoes are always an issue. And uh, again, interestingly enough, we uh, w- within the city, we don't have mosquito control, but Pinellas County does offer that. So when we set up C-Click Fix, we actually created categories that would go directly to Pinellas County. And so mosquito control is one of those. When when this was submitted, it went immediately to our Pinellas Communications partners, and they sent someone out to the location to uh, treat for mosquitoes. Now, if a citizen used a different category, like, for example, our other category, and they reported the same issue, uh, because both Pinellas County and the city of St. Pete are partners with C-Click Fix, we could just assign that issue to our partners in Pinellas County, and they would resolve it from there. So the citizens don't really know who deals with that issue, and they don't have to because we can sort of figure that out internally. And using C-Click Fix as the platform, uh, we get those issues resolved pretty quickly.
0: Becky Bombera, I know in New Haven, the parks have had a lot of mosquito concerns. West Nile virus, right? You got the West River that goes through at least two, like three or four of our parks. And you've worried about seniors getting the virus over the years. You do spraying. You tell people to stay inside. What What do you now? It's not our state bird up here. We're not. We're not Florida, but we have a lot of mosquitoes, especially in the fall. Correct. So, what do you do? You, is this coming in your radar at all?
3: Uh, we partner with the folks over at Environmental Health, uh, Paul Kowalski and the team in the health department there, and the, they really strategize about how to address um, both the mosquito population and the education. Um, to make sure that people are wearing the proper bug sprays to um, reduce their risk.
0: Is West Nile a big deal this year? I know it's some years we worry about it more than others. You put alerts out. And...
3: Uh, it's still too early. Um, so we don't know the, the mosquito know population will uh, be dependent on you know spring weather patterns. Um, but they do, they do uh, monitor closely in terms of birds, um, and they uh, test mosquitoes' uh, traps throughout um, the greater New Haven area. Um, to really get a handle on what the risk is for that.
0: Because I know that, you know, St. Pete, you know, he made that joke about the state bird. It's such a wet and warm climate. With global warming, or climate change more accurately, New Haven is projected to become warmer and wetter. So I'm guessing right. that you and your successors, Becky, are going to be dealing with mosquitoes more.
3: Uh, we have a very strange weather weather pattern here in New England, so know. who knows
0: what's in store for us. <laughs> well, what's in store for us else in Caroline? The news here from C-Click Fix.
2: Looks like in St. Pete, there's a city park maintenance issue uh, reported at 2100 43rd Street. Uh, The reporter was anonymous, viewed 192 times. Uh, Description. Hi, city of St. Pete. Just a friendly reminder. Would you be so kind to have the grass mowed and the curb edged on the east side of 2100 block of 43rd Street North? The west side of the road looks fabulous, but the east side is a hot mess. (laughs) I
0: love the citizen trying to give you the credit. While I was do like you drive me crazy at this, but I'll point out something nice you did on the other side of the street. Yeah.
2: Uh, and they're, then, they're
0: treating you well down there, David.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, and what's cool about this issue is that there's this, a delightful uh, back and forth between uh, the reporter who looks like um, who looks to be named Scuba. Uh, And the mayor's (laughs) action center. Um, So mayor's action center hops on. Thank you for submitting this request. We'll have an inspector check out the location and follow up with the appropriate department to determine if the previous work request is still active and in queue for completion or if a new request needs to be entered. Either way, we can't have one side of the street looking like a hot mess. We're on it. Thanks, David. Um, And then Scuba says, you're awesome. Thank you. And then there's a little update. Uh, from the mayor's action center update due to an interesting quirk of city maintenance procedures. It turns out that our parks department maintains the West side of the 43rd, but our stormwater folks maintain the East side. Why not sure. Perhaps some ancient feud between long forgotten neighboring Pinellas tribes. At any rate, (laughs) from your description, it would seem that parks has a different mowing schedule. I'm checking with stormwater to see if I can find out a ballpark estimate on when the East side might be addressed. I'll post any updates here. Thanks again. And then last couple things. Uh, he hops on again. Looks like this is David. Good news, Scuba. Just got a call from Stormwater and was told that their crew was able to take care of the east side of 43rd Street today. Please feel free to report any other future issues to you, to us on the site. We appreciate your help. Have a good evening, Scuba. Uh, one of the final words. Yep, they mowed it. Looks great. Thanks for listening. Smiley face with a nose. P.S. Love the new <laughs> message board forum. Too bad you have to address some of the petty issues people report. Mayor's Action Center says, our pleasure. Have a great weekend. Well, way to go,
0: David. Peace and love and unicorns (laughs) down in St. Petersburg. You have fun writing some of these, don't you? It sounds like you don't resent those small issues or people writing into you.
1: Yeah, that that was a pretty unique one. And it highlighted a couple of different things. First of all, we want our citizens to know that all of the C-click-fix issues that they submit are responded to by real people. We don't have computers that do automated responses. It's all real people. So I encourage my staff to try to put a personalized spin and still remain professional at all times. At the same time, it pointed out a problem that we have, which is sometimes departments handle certain things and other departments handle other things. And Right across and really the street, right across the street from each
0: problems. other. That was interesting. I right. wonder if that has to do with pipes that go certain places
1: literally across the street. And so what what this spawned was a conversation between those two departments. And since then, this happened back in July of 2014, but since then, those departments have looked at those areas in the city where they cross over and they've traded. So now the entire area in, in 43rd Street is mowed by the parks department. Stormwater is not involved at all. So we were able to sort of fix those bigger issues uh, and this click fixed post was a catalyst for that.
0: I saw Becky uh, nodding her head here when you talking about jurisdictional issues. Do you have this with grass mowing, Becky?
3: Um, a lot of the private property issues become, you know, complicated for us in terms of, okay, is this an LCI issue? Is this, you know, can- Parks and
0: LCI is our anti-blight agency, uh, livable city initiative.
3: Yeah, because there's uh, there's a lot of small slivers within the city, um and the history on who has it and why is always quite interesting.
0: Now, give me an example of a park where you were mowing the grass and part of it, or if there was some other problem with trash getting picked up, and a certain part of it belonged to somebody else. I love this one in, in St. Pete when it was like the sewer authority on one side and.
3: There's an interesting one over on Grove Street. Um, I guess it's called Pope Park, um, but yeah, the little
0: place with the benches near the uh, Yale's plant.
3: Yeah, and Yale maintains that we do some stuff. Neither of us can figure out who exactly is responsible for it, so we both do a little bit.
0: So you both mow the grass.
3: Uh, we don't mow it. We do the tree trimming and the the shrubs. They so that mow. way, you don't have to they coordinate. Mow.
0: They mow, and then um, the New Haven Green. Now, we don't own that. The proprietors of the green is a self-perpetuating body of elite New Haveners who have owned that since, I guess, uh, 200 years or so. Does that sound right? But you actually take care of it.
3: We we maintain the green um, and issue permits on their behalf.
0: Do they pay you to do that? No. Why don't they pay us if it's their property?
3: It's open for the public, so there's a long-standing relationship there.
0: Huh, and Does it work well?
3: Yeah, for the most part.
0: Caroline, we don't have much time left, but do we have any other news items we could talk about?
2: Well, I had just one quick question for both Becky and David. It feels like what's really, really powerful about both New Haven and St. Pete's approach to SecoFix is sort of your combination of both really utilizing the automated responses, which are powerful and important, um, but also these sort of manual responses, uh, like Becky's uh, beautiful one that you had on the legal dumping issue, uh, David's on the one that we just read. What do you think is a uh, powerful and important about that kind of personal communication um, with, uh, with residents? And, and then uh, I think attached to that, how do you train your staff to achieve that kind of both professional but also uh, personal tone?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always a challenge uh, doing providing constituent service or, or customer service. Um, and, and some of the skills we can teach, some of them really have to like empathy on the part of the staff person uh, is, is something that they sort of bring to the table. Um, we have a lot of great tools, Click being one of them, uh, for us to respond to citizen requests. And again, I just wanted to sort of always stress to my staff that we are real people. The people who are asking us questions are real people, and we just want to get things resolved as quickly as possible. We all benefit uh, when we can get these issues resolved. And so, you know, we just try to uh, train our staff as, as best as possible and, and make them as knowledgeable and as friendly as possible. And and when they're using C-Click Fix to respond to issues, we try to not be robotic. We try to not make mistakes. Uh, we try to be as personable and professional as possible at all times.
0: I see that in that process, you're in the midst of still dealing with one complaint you got a few days ago about an electric cord is z- zip-tied to a tall tree limb in a park behind a large circle path. It's dangling in reach of people and tall kids. It's Riviera Bay Park. I saw that you guys responded to that. What, what's going on with that one, David, and how common is that?
1: Yeah, that, that particular issue, uh, de- depending on where an issue happens, we have staff that we can send out in the field to sort of assess the problem uh, and see if uh, a particular department or another needs to, to reply. In this case... Uh, we indicated that because it was reported in a park, uh, we would tell our parks department. And uh, we also have a staff of uh, um, individuals within a department called community services. We call our CSRs. And the CSRs can go out to a, to a location like this and sort of look and see, was was this placed by city staff? Was it placed by a private resident? Is it there for a reason? Is it dangerous? Does it need to be removed? So we we take the information that we get from the citizen, which is often pretty limited. Uh, usually it's just location and description, and then if we're lucky, we get a picture. So we'll send out city staff to make a better, more thorough assessment and see exactly what needs to be done. In this case, we we don't have a resolution yet, um, but what I would probably do is follow up with the department staff that went out and checked it out and. See and see what the, the fix is, if if the cord in this case was was removed and we're back to normal. Have you seen that before, post.
0: David? I mean like do people put zip lines normally up in trees and parks?
1: It's not normal, no. And and considering the fact that it was in a park, it's possible that maybe someone had an event there last weekend and mm. they wanted to have some type of electrical equipment that they that they attached temporarily and then forgot to remove it. So in that case, it would just be a matter for city staff to go and sort of clean up that
0: mess. Becky Bombero, do we have a, a scourge of zip lines and hanging from trees in our parks in New Haven?
3: <laughs> it does sound like a pretty unique report there. Um, but it underscores um, how some of these things can be a lot more complicated than others. You know, some things are, like Carolyn pointed out before, an illegal dump of a couch. Um, and right. some some are, you know you have to figure out jurisdictional lines. Is this public? Is this private? Um, and I think one of the important things on some of these, uh, complicated issues is to go in and to explain to people. So they understand, yes, we, you know, acknowledge your concern. It is valid, but we're not going to be able to address it immediately.
0: Right. All right. All right. Well, Caroline, why don't we do one more news item before we cl- round up here?
2: Sure. Um, so we have a, a really, a really good one to end on. So it's uh, in St. Pete, uh, titled Horses on the Beach Uh-oh. Um, at North Shore Beach. So
0: wait, we Street. don't like that?
2: Uh, no, we... I mean, well, no, they
0: po- poop pretty big, but I mean, the horses should be allowed to enjoy the water too, right?
2: <laughs> well, what's what's interesting, this is, one that, this is one that David had sent me. Uh, so reported anonymously, description, tonight while walking in the North Shore Beach area, we noticed two people riding horses on and in the beach at North Shore. We took pictures and the picture... Uh, as David says, is one of the most gorgeous pictures that I've ever seen on Sequel Fix. <laughs> uh, it, it looks like a romantic getaway uh, kind of picture. And then um, E. Stafford hops on, there are signs that say uh, no dogs on the beach. If there were two people riding horses on the beach and in the park, why? And then he hops on again and says, actually, I found out after the fact that these are police officers patrolling the area. Good job. And then the Marist Action Center hops on and says, haha, thanks for the follow-up message confirming the identity of the folks on horseback. And what a beautiful oh. photo. Definitely not something you see every day along our waterfront. Thanks again, David.
1: Any other thoughts on that, David? Uh, yeah, unfortunately being radio, you can't see the picture. So uh, it's, it's really a beautiful shot. Uh, we have a beautiful downtown waterfront and it is bizarre to see someone riding horses on a beach on the water. But we only have two mounted police officers. They were The horses were actually a gift from the city of Boston. And so if I saw two horses downtown, I would assume that that's them. But uh, the citizen immediately thought, well, hey, I can't have my dog on the beach. You can't have your horse on the beach. Hey, hey. So they submitted this complaint huh. and uh, obviously it was resolved once we realized it was just the police officers you know, walking their horses. Uh, but, you know, it's, it reminds us that sometimes the issue is a little bit bigger and maybe take a step back and look at the bigger picture and, and appreciate something for what it is instead of just complaining about it. Uh, uh, with a knee-jerk reaction.
0: That's beautiful. They really do have a human being down there in Saint Petersburg at their mayor's call. action said it's such a pleasure <laughs> we do, talking. You Becky Absolutely. bombera Do we have poli- we have police horses in New Haven? They keep you keep them at the park of Saint Rose. Are they gone? No more police horses.
3: Yeah, uh, those were eliminated. I want to say 2008. Wow. And some somewhere around then.
0: So then you don't have a scourge of horses showing up at our waterfront.
3: No horses <laughs> anymore
0: in, Lo- in Long Wharf <laughs> Park, where you are keeping after the trash, right? <laughs> it all comes full circle. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us today in Dateline New Haven. Thanks to Caroline Smith of C-Click Fix. New Haven Parks and Recreation Chief Rebecca Bombero. We kidnapped her. She's not a self-promoter, but we're going to return her now to the Parks, Wrecks, and Trees. And David Flintham came to us direct from St. Petersburg, Florida's Mayor's Action Center. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining in. Thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing financial support for today's program, We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic Experience performing Eli Ha-Hanavi from the group's 2002 CD, This is the Afro-Semitic Experience. And this is Paul Bass wishing you a day filled with animal rights, pristine garbage-cleared sites, and spiritual heights. Chill with us here all day and all night at WNHH New Haven's home for community radio for more local talk and music.